Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Brandvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay. How are you doing this morning, Jay? I'm freezing, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Just so everybody knows, freezing for Jay was like yeah. 42 degrees. Yeah, like dipping below 70. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So take it with a grain of salt. You folks that are in Minnesota or New York, no. Can Can Canada, they're like, are you kidding me? I'd be outside in shorts sunbathing right right now. That's exactly right. (laughs) Um, Before we get to this week's guest, we just want to do some acknowledgments, as we always do. Thank you to HypeBot and Bands in Town for all you you do to support us. And, of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle's an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, amazing live tech support from the musician-friendly team seven days a week. Didn't they just get an award? Yes, yeah, I just saw they got an award for it, and there's a big article that's just been released about their award-winning uh, service. And trust yep. me, I've used it on many sites, and they yep. are top-notch. Yep, they sure are. Um, so we got a little offer for our listeners. Uh, head over to bandzoogle.com, sign up, and try it for free for 30 days. Use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, thank you to discmakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, t-shirts online and at gigs has become such an important income generator. For every CD or t-shirt you might sell at a gig, you could you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. And that's a lot of streams. Mm -hmm. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even t-shirts. So head over to discmakers.com, place an order for a hundred or more CDs. And when you check out, use the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 $150 in shipping. So we kind of, this week, we're kind of continuing with the topic from last week when we had Ron Keel on talking mm-hmm. about his Patreon. Mm-hmm. This week, we are joined by Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater. Um, and Jordan's going to talk about everything he's been doing over the last year as a musician, as a solo artist to keep active to generate revenue, mm-hmm. how he record, how, how COVID brought together a new album from liquid tension, mm-hmm. how they recorded it. Um, fascinating discussion from a musician who loves technology and yep. social media embraces it. And I tell you, it will inspire you. It, it 
definitely will. So let it roll, Jordan Rudis. Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Hey, Music Biz Weekly listeners, we are uh, very honored. I think this is your first, is this your first time on the Music Biz Weekly podcast, Jordan? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah, it is. I think Welcome. it is. Or, oh, you know what? Maybe you were on many years ago when I had Brian Thompson as a co-host. I can't yeah, remember. Okay, I can't Reason remember. Go. But it, 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 it's been a while. Anyway, we are so honored to have Jordan Rudis from Dream Theater sure. sitting down with us today. And, um, you know, Jordan, I mean, I don't even know if, it, if we've got enough time in a 30-minute podcast for you to sit here and say, what have you done in your career? I mean, if somebody's not familiar with you and your work, where have they been? <laughs> in in a hole somewhere. in in a hole I mean, <laughs> let's just put it this way go check out jordan rudis go check out dream theater check out all of his solo work i mean you if, if you're into to keyboards and all that sort of stuff great music you're, you're gonna love this but jordan what i want to chat with you about today is i mean you know again we're we're a year into this covid shutdown pandemic um spot shows have started to come back again but full-blown tours like a dream theater world tour that's not happening for anybody yet so what have you had to do over the last 12 months to keep your sanity to keep active to generate revenue i mean and 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 I think you're the great person to speak about this because I've known you for many years and you're always on the forefront of new things, whatever's new online, you're trying it, you're experimenting, you're dipping your toe in the water. So what have you, what have you found over the last 12 months? Well, I like the, uh, the kind of the order of your interest and questions because, you know, when this whole thing happened, obviously it's very scary. And I mean, you know, tremendous concern is financial for so many musicians. I mean, honestly, it wasn't like an emergency situation. I didn't have to like reinvent my career or do anything like that. I could have, you know, I I don't know how long this is going to last, but I could have ridden this for a little while and been okay. But what my first gut reaction to being kind of like locked down like everybody else in my home was, let me express myself musically. Let me share kind of, you know, what I do with people just as like a, like a way to get some relief, you know, not only just personally to sit and play, but also to share my music with other people. So I started, um, I started sharing basically every day on Facebook. I do it very simply to just take my iPhone and put it on the side of the piano so you could see the keyboard and I would just play. And I, I loved it. It was very healing for me. It was great. And a lot of people said, oh, thank you for doing this. It's really nice. After doing it, literally about 40 or 50 times in a row, I was thinking, God, you know, as much as I enjoy this, maybe this is not the best message to send to everybody that music is kind of like free and that every day you can just go on, hear me play and like pour my heart out musically. 
Um, and again, it felt great to do it. And I, you know, <laughs> I understand, you know, everybody but, wants, but, but, but as we know, it's the music business. So at That's some point right. in time, it's the business. music business. So I had to kind of like, almost like wake myself up, like come out of this very pleasant dream, you know, and realize right. that there's a lot of people that are trying to make a living at this. And I shouldn't be giving this away for free, even to help my, you know, brothers and sisters in the, in the business. It's not a good idea. So I announced to the people who were listening on, Facebook and YouTube, whatever. I said, you know what? This has been awesome. But I said, I'm going to be switching to another. I'm going to be finding a platform. Music should not be free. There's got to be a way to allow you guys to give back because that's only fair. And that's that's what I want to do. So I kind of tapered off of that. And I discovered, meanwhile, I was discovering possibilities, Patreon, Twitch, different things that I could do. And the Patreon format seemed to really resonate with me. I thought that that was a really, really good thing to try. So I made the switch. Um, honestly, I made the switch um, in a big way, thanks to my wife, Danielle, who is a producer, Michael, you know what she does. And, you know, she really helped me to, to, to step into the Patreon world and do it right, you know, to just really have it be well organized and have all the different tiers. And it would have been, honestly, it would have been harder for me to well, I probably wouldn't have been able to do it myself at all, but <laughs> it would have been harder <laughs> if I was just left to my own, you know, like spacey ways to put that together. So the Patreon thing for me and my situation really felt right and made a lot of sense. And I have to say, I've been doing it for almost a year now, and it's been really really great great on so many levels and again yeah, of course financially it's you know it's good and i'm getting extra money from it but let me talk about the other things first because i'm somebody who loves to share i enjoy not only playing but i enjoy interacting with people and, and getting you know having engagement from people i just love that it's fun for me it's valuable uh i look at that as not only like the modern way of doing things but i'm like wow this is creatively exactly what i want to do so i get to like play for people i get to stream i get to communicate with people i get to have messaging with the, these core fans and have a really good time doing it e educate and then on top of all of that I get to make extra money. So it's a way, so for me, it's been an amazingly perfect uh, kind of like outlet and then also, you know, solution. Yeah. The, prob the problem with something like Patreon or the real difficulty with Patreon is number one, some musicians don't have the ability to like, you know, get themselves organized enough to put something like that together. I might even be slightly guilty of that if I didn't have my wife who's a producer, it, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't be as together as it is right now, you know, but the other part of it, the bigger part of it, that's something for, you know, that that's worthy of discussion is that as great as Patreon is, if you don't have fans already, it's not like they're mysteriously going to be part of your Patreon. Yeah. I think, so I think that's, not, you know, it's not like, wow, I'm going to get Patreon and my yeah. troubles are going to go away. That's right. I think, I think that's really important because <laughs> to some extent, Patreon is like a never ending crowdfunding campaign. And, you know, there's always been that issue when a band wants to do a crowdfunding campaign of, well, they're going to find the fans for me who are going to donate. And I'm like, 
you know, you and you and I did a crowdfunding campaign years ago, and it's like, yeah. no, you've got to have fans because your fans are the ones who are giving you the money. Yeah. Kickstarter, Indiegogo are not going out and finding fans for no. you. You bring no. the fans no. to them. Right. And Patreon, to your point, is exactly the same way. Patreon is set up for your most hardcore, diehard, top of the pyramid fans. Right. The right. average casual rock fan isn't going to sit here and go, Jordan Rudis? Oh, yeah, I'll just give him some money. You know, I've never seen Dream no. Theater. I've never bought an album, but I'll give him. That's not the way it works. It's, it's the even, people who yeah. follow you that will do it. And the other part of it is that it's not as easy as somebody might think. You know, here I am. I've got, you know, what, like 300,000 fans on Instagram and 500 on Facebook and 500,000 on Facebook and, you know, a lot of people. But to get them to the point of wanting to be part of this, you know, kind of like select group, this inner circle where they're actually shelling out, you know, whether it's the amount of a cup of coffee or a little bit more, depending on what they want. It's not that easy. That's right. You know, you're only getting a small percentage of these people that really want to be part of this and the people that do are amazing they they they're so grateful and they're you know they're awesome to have in this you know this kind of like inside world of mine you know each one is really appreciated but it's important for people to realize because the world is changing so much and the music business is is so difficult to navigate so people need to understand that you know patreon is great but it's not a solution they're not going to go out and do the work to get you fans you still have to you know you, you still have to be strategic right. and have a lot of other plans in place to yeah. develop a career what I love about what you're doing is it's something we preach all the time. You go to where the party is. So yes, you have some hardcore fans that want to basically subscribe to you and they want to hear what you're up to and they want that access and that recognition. That's a beautiful thing, but you're not putting all your eggs in that basket. I love that you have cameo on your website, um, Elego on your, your, there are audiences there. And you're tapping into that. And, and I'd love for you to kind of touch on the differences and how you approach each sure. one of these platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like, um, well, let's talk about Cameo first. Cameo has been really great. I was resistant to it at first, you know. Um, so Cameo is a platform that allows you to receive messages from people and then do like special shout outs for their birthdays their special occasion pep talk uh, they want to know what you think of their music which is a difficult cameo to do so i don't recommend it um <laughs> but at, you know, at first i was i was not that into it because i felt like well maybe cameo is for people who are at the back end of their career or it just seemed a little weird like putting myself out there but you know i thought about it for a good long time and i watched some friends uh get into it before me because usually you know i'm uh, as michael said i'm i'm going into these things you know head first so i had to use a little restraint actually not to go into it because i love all this technology and i'm kind of game in a way but i thought you know what let me just wait on that one so i did wait but then finally i got into it and i have to say it's become you know it's become like one of the things that i do because like every day i have a little time where i put aside and i do these cameos because what i found again is that the kind of person that I am, it's very suited for doing something like Cameo because I like people. 
You I like to me. engage. You ga- like engage it. with fans. Yeah, I feel like that's why I got into music. So I want to play music for people, and I want to have this almost like feedback vibe. You know, this really good feeling. And I don't mind if they're like closer to me, so I can even hear from them, so I can really feel what they're feeling, and then react accordingly to that. So cameo is cool, and when I do them, the first thing is my feeling and what I say is like, thank you so much for allowing me to be part of your life on your special occasion. This is awesome. You know, thanks for being so listening to my music and being so into it. And now I'd like to give back to you. And I put my phone down and I play some music. Usually I'll, you know, either improvise, which I love to do because it's very personal. It's very like, this is just for you. You'll never hear it again. I'm making this for you. And it's my pleasure to do do so. And I'm just sending you my you know, my heartfelt wishes for whatever it is that they contacted me for. So what I find is that I get so much reaction, I get so much positive reaction from that, from the way, the way I've positioned Cameo kind of in my life and in my heart and in my mind. It's this extra opportunity to connect with people and it becomes a beautiful thing. I mean, for, for a lot of people, I'm sure it's you know, it might be awkward or whatever, uh, you know, but for me, it really, really works. And they feel it because you can look at the reviews and see what people are thinking. And, uh, and it's working for me. And I just, I think, you know, I just love it. So it's become one of the things that I really enjoy. Uh, and it's become one of the things that also is uh, an extra source of income. And, and these are great because, you know, the other part of it is that, you know, for some people who might be listening, thinking, oh, you know, Jordan, he's in dream theater and they're like, they're millionaires. They got a whole lot of money. Why does he need to do any of this? <clears throat> well, the reality is, and Michael, you know this, the music business is not what it used to be. Right. And so most of these perceptions about who dream theater are and the kind of money we make are just not true. I mean, yeah, if we were a prog band in the late seventies or eighties, yeah, we probably would be like millionaires or something based on that, but that's not the time we live on, live in. You yeah. can, you know, have a song that's streamed, you know, hundred million times on Spotify and be lucky if you can pay your rent, right. you know, it's just, that's, the reality. So what are you going to do? And people are not buying CDs. They're not buying, you know, physical merchandise. Although I will say that the group that I'm in, the groups that I'm in, they buy more of that stuff, like the liquid tension uh, experiment, which is coming out tomorrow. I just got the physical merchandise and it's beautiful. And I said to the record company, who's guy who's in charge of our project, I said, I see why people are, you know, interested in this because this is incredible. Like, I mean, I don't have anything to play the stuff on personally, but anymore, but look at this packaging, look at these beautiful pictures, look at the artwork, look at, you know, you you hold the vinyl and you go, this is really something. So there is something there, but the other part of it is that, you know, these things are not selling the way they used to, not even close. So it's a difficult time in the business. So it is important for musicians to to really think about how they're going to do this, or in case, depending on where they're at in their career, to rethink rethink their approach. Even if they're established, yes, like a Patreon or getting involved with a Twitch or streaming on some platform. Yeah, you, you got to do that. This is this is these things are really important. Jordan, let me let me ask you. You know, having now gone into patreon and cameo and other things where you're starting to to create revenue have you had any pushback from fans who for over the years were like well i'm a diehard jordan rudis fan but now all of a sudden 
I have to pay to watch him do that live piano stream. I have to pay to get a comment from him. Have you encountered any pushback from the fans or has it been pretty minimal? I definitely have seen comments like that. There are people who I feel are just not informed. They're not aware. They're not thinking it through. You know, they don't want to take the time to. They don't give a shit about it. They just think, ah, that guy's got a lot of money. I'm, you know, I'm not going to pay him like to, you know, be on his Patreon. So I feel like it's, I feel like the people who do that, of which there are some, not a lot. Um, I just feel like they're not, they don't understand what's going on in the world today. You know, they don't mm-hmm. understand me. They don't understand what it's like to be a professional musician these days. And they're just saying that because they don't have the information to really, or, or maybe even the sensitivity to really understand what's going on. Like how are you supposed to make a living? You yeah. know, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, banker, doctor, you know, this, this is a, for lack of a better word, this is kind of a spacey existence, you know, playing right. music, especially nowadays, but it's yeah. what I do. And I'm, you know, and um, and I'm also not a I'm not a business guy, but I'm doing these things really from my heart. Again, I played 50 times on Facebook for free until a light bulb went off and said, "What the hell am I doing? I can't yeah. do this because I've got all I've got this situation in the world." You know that. Do do you do you still try and keep a little balance of okay? Every once in a while, I'll do a free show on Facebook, but for the most part, everything's in Patreon. Do you do you yeah. kind of spread it out, or did you? go cold turkey and say no more it's no more live streams on facebook yeah you know because of who i am i you can't, I can't do stop. that i can't stop sharing <laughs> i mean you look at my instagram and you know i'll post maybe you know a minute of a three minute thing i'll say well here's a minute of it if you want to see more please go to my patreon that's uh fair. but what i what, what i do uh what danielle and i kind of decided as a general approach which is working you know, uh, until maybe some better idea comes about is I'll do like the first 10 minutes of a stream and I'll do it for everybody. So I'll go on YouTube, I'll go on Facebook, I do Crowdcast, which is the system that links up with Patreon. And I'll just put it out there. And at the end of it, I say, thank you so much for watching. Awesome to have you all here. If you want to see the rest of this, please do check out my Patreon and I'll welcome you there. So I, I still give it to people if they want more well then i ask them to be you know to be i think that's i think that's fair because you're not cutting the fans off completely cold turkey saying now everything's going to cost you but it's like all right i'm going to give you a little bit of it here and the rest of it's over here and 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 knowing you uh, you can speak to this more but i imagine you try and ensure there's great value in everything you're charging for. I mean, if you're going to pay a subscription, you're getting more than what you think you're going to get. Yeah. And that leads me into what I was curious about, Jordan, yeah. is that yeah. I, when I think of Patreon, um, yeah. I've seen some amazing things on Patreon. It really depends on you know, are you prepared to do Patreon? It sounds like you are, but a lot of artists may not be ready because you it's, you've got to supply. I hate using the word content, yeah. but I will. I mean, you have to su- uh, supply value for those folks because these are the fans that you do not want to upset. These are your cream of the crop, the best people who will stay with you mm-hmm. to the end of time. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? 
what kinds of things are you doing on Patreon to share with these hardcore fans? Yeah, yeah that's that, that's really good. That's a good question and, and a very interesting topic. Um, the, one of the reasons I can do Patreon is because I, I love doing the things that you know, I said I would do. But, you know, with that said, I mean, yeah, there's a certain amount of, you know, pr pressure in the sense that I, I opened up this new business. I promised the fans that on this tier, you're going to get my streaming on this one, you're going to get educational stuff and, and uh, special chats with people. And on this tier, I'm going to have direct contact with you. And we can have a Skype call every whatever I said, three months, six months. So there's definitely, you know, it's like anything else that's serious. That's, you know, you're, you're, you're starting a business, you have to provide the service because you're taking yeah. money from people. So there's a part of it that's just very natural. And, you know, but there's a part of it that goes, wow, I haven't streamed in a while. I better do one like this weekend because you, otherwise I'm not giving these people what I promised them. And I take that very seriously. And Danielle, who helps manage this whole Patreon, this business that we have also, you know, is looking after it. Like she'll say, hey, Jordan, you know, like, you know, we said we'd do daily keys, but there hasn't been anything in a little while. You really should do that. You know, we'll think of, th we'll think of th cool things to offer the people. Luckily, you know, I'm very busy and I, you know, again, and I, I love this and I can always think of something that I can share, you know, with, with everybody. Maybe it's a piece of my artwork or maybe I just sat down last night and I improvised something, or maybe it's even a cameo where I played something really cool and it's cool with the people on the re cameo receiving end for me to just, sh just share the music. I just, sometimes I'll lift the musical part if I thought it was unique and I'll just post that up to Patreon. So there's plenty to share, but you gotta do it. Yeah, so I think that's that, the tough part. And what, you know, when we got into Patreon and one of the things to realize for musicians out there is what you don't wanna do is you don't want to promise things that you just cannot deliver. Yep. Yeah. You know, you have to think of things like, what can I actually, I don't want to get in a trap here. What, what could I actually do? And so, you know, it's, it's a pa delicate pa kind Patreon of Patreon is, is the new artist fan club. I mean, it, it is a fan club. People are subscribing and, and I've been involved in, as a member of fan clubs and operating fan clubs for years. And, and that is the biggest mistake artists go into their fan clubs with is they, they over promise and under deliver, mm -hmm. you know, $80 a year. And we're going to give you all of this stuff. And after right. 30 days, they stop delivering and the fans are like, where is everything? Oh, it's too much work to generate this and do that and give you access to this. And right, like, right. you've got it, you've got to approach it, you know, under promise right. over deliver. Well, that would got. be, yeah, that would be ideal, but I can't, you know, most people can't, can't do that. I think for anybody, the Patreon thing is going to be, you decide what you're going to put out there and you decide knowing that, you just have to say things that are possible, but then it's, and when you do, it's only natural for it to kind of morph a little bit and change. And, sure. you know, it's gonna, it's gonna change. Cause you're gonna say, you know what? I just can't do this. This is not working out, but I can do more of this. So I'll do right. that. We'll do just, this instead. So, you, so it's not a problem to reshape your Patreon in this case to kind of like be, be better for you, for the art, for the creator and therefore better for the fans. So.
Do you think yeah. Patreon is better suited for an individual artist like yourself? How would it work? Could it work for Dream Theater? Is it, is it, would it be too complicated to get an entire band involved in it? You could probably answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> the same as me. But even, maybe yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think, I think the answer is. We tried that. Not you bad. Know, and, and, and not just specific to Dream Theater, but I think yeah. the answer is, well, if you've got five people in a band, now you've got five artists you've got to manage getting involved right, and their right. time and their commitment and their content. Yeah. And that never yeah. works. That would be really hard. And for something like that, I mean, some bands can do it. It depends yeah. on the personalities of the guys. You know, like the trouble that we've had even like doing social media with Dream Theater is that everybody has a different kind of like sense about it. You know, they, they're all coming into it from a different place. Like one guy doesn't want to talk to anybody. Another guy, you know, doesn't want to get that close to his fans. Another guy's kind of into it. Another guy's really into it. You know, it's kind of like, how do you do, yeah. how do you work that out? And yeah. unless it's something that is like, you know, high priority, like coming from the top, like you guys have to do this and we're going to arrange it produce it and this is what you're gonna <laughs> do and everybody listens that could work yeah you can't get five guys to agree on where to go to lunch i mean yeah right it's, but, it's gonna I mean, be a challenge especially if it's not you know especially if it's not like you know financially like like life or death or something like that you know yeah like why why even go there and, um, and 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 then i imagine it's it's just much easier because as you're doing it on your own you're the only person that it has to say yes or no you don't have to meet and discuss and get right, right. four or five other guys to agree to this and a manager to buy into it. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. you and Danielle, you two sit right. here and go, do we right. do this? Yes or no? Done. Well, it's, yeah. I guess it's like any, like, you know, when you start your own business, it's our own business. It's like me going out and doing a solo show, I get to decide what I'm going to play, when I'm yeah. going to play and, you know, everything about it. In this case, I got to do social media, you know, post something or not. And yeah, it makes it, it makes that kind of thing, you know, a whole lot yeah. easier. If, if yeah. you, if you had a, a wish list, are there one or two things you'd love to see Patreon be able to do that they can't do right now? Is there, you know, mm. tie-ins to other services yeah. or new features or whatever, or does it kind of work? as it is very well um i mean i guess the software can always be you know better just better in terms of just being able to quickly post an audio file or a video file or this or that i mean it works their software is actually pretty good um but you know just general general improvements are always good i mean i would say that it does work you know pretty well but if you if this was like an assignment I, I'm sure I could sit and think of all kinds of cool stuff that sure. we could do with Patreon that it doesn't do right now. But as a general, I will say that as a general platform for creators, it's functioning, you know, pretty well. And yeah. I think to some extent that's because it was artists who actually created Patreon. Well, yeah. I mean, it was created by Jack Conti and Jack yeah. is a keyboard player. He's, 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 he's a musician. I, I know. You know, it's different than some right. some vc fund that said hey this is a great market let's go hire some developers and we'll 
create what we think people want. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, Jack he's an artist very, who built this. He's a very creative, very inspired kind of a dude. And he's just bubbling with energy and, you know, always looking at it from the artist's point of view. So that's, I think, yeah. the reason that this concept even can really work. A lot of guys are using Twitch, though. These yeah. days. More, more and more guys are getting into Twitch and, I, and yeah. I've been having that on my radar as well. Although one thing that I don't want to do is I don't want to, you know, although it's always, like I said, saying it's tempting to use all the technology and you know, do all the stuff. I don't want people to get too confused. Like, oh my yeah. God, he's on Cameo, he's on Patreon. Now he's on Twitch and now he's there. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably feel a little bit like that anyway with what I do. But you do a good job of putting it. that on your website of kind of showing those different verticals that you're in. I've got a, an artist that's on Twitch and doing really well, and I'm really enjoying it as, mm -hmm. as a platform. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, I haven't had a lot of experience, and I saw this on your website, which is fantastic, by the way. This company that you're working with called, is it Elego? Elego, yeah. Tell me a little bit about Elego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't worked with them. So Elego is a startup company that um, I met the guy, his name is Sammy uh, he's from Finland and he's very inspired. He's very technically kind of agile into all kinds of things. His dream is to do kind of like uh, a lot of 3D stuff, like almost like green screen stuff where you can be like in somebody's living, look like you're playing oh, in wow. somebody's living room. And, you know, he and I have, over the last you know year have talked a lot. We've kind of slowed down and I've moved away a little bit from the system only because Sammy is kind of rethinking what he's doing and he's raising money. Um, but what we started while he was, while he's been thinking about all these kind of next level of fan interaction, kind of like ways to use technology. One of the things we started doing was he set up a system so I could sign like photos for people like digitally I could take my apple pencil pen pen pencil and I could and I could just like get a picture let's say from you you wanted Jordan we're just to sign it you send it to me it comes through the system I sign it and put the note that you requested or something like it I send it back you pay I don't remember what we charged Very cool. and then uh, and then that's kind of like one of the things that we would do the other thing that we did with that I did with Sammy but Patreon kind of takes that over a little bit is like being able to give like a review of somebody's music so on Patreon in certain tiers, if you send me your music, I will, you know, listen to it and give you some feedback. But that's something that we started like a specific thing that we did with Elego. Haven't been doing that now because again, I moved away from it a little bit, but, but in a big way, because Sammy also is rethinking what he's doing with gotcha. this company. Um, but a really creative guy. And, you know, in the future, he's going to come up with some stuff that's going to be the next level because that's where he's at. Like, what can we do? How can we create meet and greets that are not, you know, standing in a room with people just, you know, shoulder to shoulder doing photos? How can, can we create something that uses digital technology, which would be like super cool, maybe even more meaningful? So, that's, and, that's and in this day and age, safer and healthier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a big, he, yeah, if he works quickly, that, that could be, you know, this could benefit him because, yes, you want to be safe. Well, so, Jordan, in addition to all of this stuff that you've been doing, you mentioned it briefly. You're you've got a side project that has an album that's dropping tomorrow. Yes, yes. liquid tension experiment right. experience experiment experiment. There it's an go. experiment. It's still an experiment. experiment. Yeah, although um, we should have changed it at this point to experience since we've how and and did 
did you guys and this isn't the first album this is the second album this is the third third okay so did this new album come about during covid was it something that was in process pre-covid i want to kind of get a little inside your brain on on yeah. how you as a band approached this during a shutdown right so liquid the last liquid tension album before this one came out over 22 years ago wow there were two of them. They were very successful uh, instrumental rock albums. They actually, the first ones happened actually after Dream Theater originally asked me to join the band, but I had said no. Um, but then they, then Portnoy asked me if I wanted to join this super group. And I said, yes, because that was like a side project more possible for me at the time. So we did those two albums They came out. They were really fun. They were a side project for the Dream Theater guys, John Petrucci and Mike Portnoy. And Tony Levin, of course, is the bass player. For me, it was kind of like this a cool, you know, cool thing to do. Um, so after that, you know, as the story goes, you know, Dream Theater asked me again to, to join uh, in a different place and time. And then at that point, I said yes. And that was around the time when I started, when I recorded Scenes from a Memory in 1999. Uh, and then this long wait <laughs> began, right. you know, many world tours later, many albums later, many situations later, you know, we decided, hey, you know, let's do Liquid Tension again. So the, so the interesting points about it is that first of all this is this album was the most requested thing I've ever done in my life every day since we put out the last one I would get at least one message of somebody saying please put out liquid tension experiment again please 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 it was the most influential album it's the reason I got into playing wow. my, my favorite album on and on and on and on and on a lot of things prevented it from happening. Uh, number one, you know, being so busy touring and having, you know, as usual, uh, professional musician has a list of things they're trying to knock right. out, you know, okay, got to do the Dream Theater album, got to do the Dream Theater tour. Oh, I haven't done a solo album in five years, I should do that. And then I've got this uh, project, I want to write for a film score, but I, you know, I'm waiting for time to do that. So that was number one kind of preventer of doing anything. And also everybody was on a different schedule. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, yeah, you know, you, you've got John who's in Dream Theater with you, but then you've yeah. got Mark, Mike Portnoy, who, as we know, is is in seven is in everything different yeah in every yeah, other he's, band he's, in the world he's he's as busy as you no, when it incredible. comes to side projects and everything yeah that he's no in. the man is a, an animal he's a machine he's out there just doing so many things so his schedule was really crazy too and tony does a lot of touring also so that you know that was something that was always like trying to coordinate and then the other thing that you know got in the way of something that we wanted to do was you know what was it like 11 years ago or so Portnoy left Dream Theater. And when he left, you know, it was a very difficult situation for all of us. It was it, the, the, the relationships got, you know, kind of like, ten, you know, there was a lot of tension there and a lot of things to work out and it was not a good time for us to, you know, get together and do a side project. So, but, you know, I mean, first of all, time heals, clouds part, the sun comes yep. out situations change and over the years that really did occur in this situation now i kept in touch with mike through all of it because you know my feeling was that hey 
this is a guy that I traveled the world with. I don't know how many times we were, you know, going to have life on earth. And I, you know, I spent so many years, we've, we've been to like every country under the sun together. And to me, above anything and everything that went on, this, the relationship was like, a, this is something that's important to me. So we always kept in touch. Uh, I did a, uh, one of the Prague cruises with him. He invited me to do some music on a cruise. I did that. It was really fun. Um, anyway, so we would talk about let's let's do LTE. Let's do it. You know, we, so we were waiting for the stars to align for everything to get to a point where we could do it. And finally, when COVID happened, we were all sitting here. Nobody was on tour, and that was a guarantee. We did it. We started texting again. Let's do LTE now. How about it, guys? So uh, then everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Something good comes out of COVID. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was really hard to get us all in the studio, not because of schedules, but because of the fact that everybody has a different feeling for how to deal with COVID and get all getting together in a small room in a studio was kind of, you know, for some was a little bit like, whoa, are we really going to all get together? Like you're not in my social bubble, you know? Right. So we had to kind of work through all that and figure out how to do it. Cause we did get together for about two and a half weeks where we were in the room and, you know, it was a matter of just all of us agreeing to getting tested right before and, you know, different, different things, but to get there was mm, not, not, very fun but we did uh and when we got together in the room it was very joyous you know we walked awesome. in we hardly said hello we walked right over to our instruments and we started jam you know 30 minutes later we finished our first jam which we recorded and we said hi to each other and then oh, we got great. right it right into working and you know two and a half weeks later we came out of there with all the music written and you know ready for us to do all the tracking and uh, it was a really great experience it was a lot of joy in the sessions. There was a lot of good music written. I, I had written a bunch of things ahead of time because there was so much, you know, anticipation for this album. I was nervous that I would go in there and maybe the muse wouldn't be with me. You know, mm -hmm. what would happen if I go in and I don't have any great ideas that day. So has that ever happened to you, Jordan? Come on. It, you know, it, it usually doesn't happen. I'm usually pretty fluid <laughs> yeah. with that stuff, but I was a little nervous and I was like, I'm going to write some things to make sure I got some, you know, stuff that I can well, fall back on or cool things that I can throw into the mix at the right time. So it was, so of course, you know, when I got there and we were all playing, it was very inspiring and there was a lot of ideas floating around, but I did use some of the things that I had created ahead of time because they were really nice. And, you know, like the uh, little piece that, uh, that John and I did, it's called Shades of Hope, it's a duet. Each Liquid Tension album has a duet between John and myself. And I came up with this theme, I actually had a little two octave keyboard on a Rhode Island vacation. And uh, it was really pretty, you know, and I sent it to John ahead of time. And he's like, let's use that. It's beautiful. So uh, we got to the studio. It was a way to get it started. Of course, we wrote the rest of it, the, the you know, 85% of it together in pretty much of a flash of an eye. And then we recorded it in one take, you know, basically the day we wrote it. And it turned out really, really well. So... You know, yeah. Dream, Dream Theater is known for having extremely devoted diehard fans. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they've been with you from the beginning. Does doing something like this with you and John recording and releasing an album with Mike, does that fire up the Dream Theater fans to, 
oh my God, are we getting a reunion? Are they nice with each other again? I mean, is, is that part of what you found you've got to deal with when you start doing stuff like this? Yeah, uh, there's definitely that element where people are, oh, wow, you know, like Portnoy's coming back, you know, like, <laughs> but it's a little less because a lot of time has gone on Pass. and they see that we, yeah, they see that we're pretty established with, you know, our drummer now, Mike Mangini, who is, of course, an incredible musician drummer. Um, but still, you know, you get these people that are all about, oh, this means that they're getting Portnoy back, you know, like, and it's hey in the day of the days of the internet you know you're going to get a sure. lot of that kind of stuff but you know i feel like we're at a really good point now because this is you know there is a magic this chemist is definitely a chemistry that happens when john and myself and mike portnoy are in the room together it's different and there i'm not saying it's better or worse or anything but it's a certain kind of musical energy that happens that is you know you can't say it doesn't it doesn't exist it does exist um, and also Mike, you know, comes into, uh, you know, a, a band with his own talent and his own, you know, specialties and those are real and those are vital, really, you know, major. So, and then you add, you know, in liquid tension, you add Tony Levin to it. That is one of the world's greatest, you know, musician mm -hmm. bass Absolutely. players. And sure. all of a sudden you got this thing, you know, and bands are about chemistry. And what was interesting is that I realized that, one of the, you know, after coming back and doing this after 22 years that, wow, I see, I'm starting to see what people are all excited about. There's a real chemistry here. There's some magic here. So, which I love, you know, I didn't, I didn't quite catch the same perspective 22 years ago when we were doing this before. I enjoyed it and I thought it was cool that people liked it. But now, of course, with time and perspective, I go, okay, there's something about, you know, there's something about this. It's really, well, really cool. You know, and, and, as a fan, it's kind of cool because guess what? You get Dream Theater and you get Liquid Tension. I mm -hmm. mean, you're, you're getting two recordings. You're getting two bands, sure, two directions. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, as a fan, yeah, it, it's always an issue when, when your favorite band splinters, however they may splinter for whatever reasons. But mm -hmm. if you end up getting multiple projects out of it, that's a win. <clears throat> Yeah, right. They get all this music. It's just, yeah. I mean, this is a one of the nicer things about you know this past year is that a lot of people were making a lot more music than that's than, right. you know, usual. I mean, I don't even I don't know uh, if you know this, but during the whole lockdown period, the initial lockdown period, I did a whole like piano album mm -hmm. just with my musical feelings. You just, and you thoughts. just released it, that within I the last did. month or so, right? Yeah, it's called a chapter in time. It's kind of like a musical diary. I would just go into the studio when I wasn't streaming. <laughs> I would go into my studio and I would just record and just like kind of let, you know, my emotions come through my music and I captured a bunch of stuff. And after a bunch of time went by, I went, you know what? I got a lot of good stuff there. And I went through and I said, I, I'll take these, you know, whatever it was, 15 different bits and we'll make an album. Uh, so there's a lot of music, you know, that's, that's uh, coming out that's, you know, soon or been coming out to, to reflect, you know, this whole yeah. period of time. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think you, you've, I never doubted you would approach the, the pandemic the right way, but you did in that you took this opportunity to become 
creative and try things and you kept active. I mean, Jay and I have talked about there's there's usually two two cases here in the pandemic. Artists that either just freak out, shut down and disappear because mm-hmm. they just don't know what's going on. Right. And then you've got artists who are like, okay, well, there's no excuse. We've got to record now. There, right. Nobody's got an excuse. You're not on the road. You can't go on vacation. You're not doing family trips. Let's and and obviously we're in an era where technology allows you to record no matter where everybody's living around the world. Right, right, absolutely. There's plenty of ways to get things done. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, you're absolutely right. You got to feel, you know, bad for artists that are like hand to mouth that are just touring just to get the money to put food on the table that were put in a very bad situation that might not have the option to go, you know what, great. So I'm not recording, I'm not touring, let's record now. Right. It's not that, that, you know, unfortunately it's not something that everybody could do, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're living on this planet and you kind of have to have the energy, you know, to make things happen and use situations to be productive and I think that that's what this was all about. If there was any possibility of kind of looking at this and being productive, creative, positive, I mean, that's what, that's what I'm going to do, you know, and, and, and a lot of people were able to do that, you know, even though this was a big crisis, you know, now, put pressure on people. Before we wrap up, I think you've got a few solo dates coming up on the East coast. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They're all actually on my website. There's like four in May and one in June, I think at this point. So things are opening up a little bit, you know, and it's possible for me as a solo artist to, to, uh, you know, to get out there and play. I think that these shows will happen. It looks good. I think tickets are going on sale. I'm actually just in the beginning of promoting everything and beginning of figuring out everything that I'm going to play. At this point, I'm going to be featuring, um, obviously I'll play some dream theater stuff. I'm going to play a couple of liquid tension things. I'm also going to play some music from a chapter in time. So, um, yeah, it should be, I love doing, you know, those kind of solo shows that are kind of focused on the piano. It's really just a nice thing for me to be able to do. And all the shows are kind of East coast uh, based for now. Uh, and then we'll see where it goes, you know, from there as the world opens up, we'll see when dream theater can get back out there and everybody's saying, Oh, we want liquid tension to play shows. And I'm like, yeah, that would be great. But (laughs) first things first, and we got to figure out, you know, when, when, and where dream theater is going to get back on the road. Cause that, that ain't easy. Yeah. No, you know, as we started off, it's, it's tough for major bands, to put together tours right now <laughs> you, dream, dream theater can't just sit here and go oh yeah we'll go do a show in texas and then we'll go do a show in ohio yeah, yeah. you know you do a show every state across the u.s if you're doing kind of, it kind of like this yeah yeah right. yeah. Yeah. yeah only way it makes sense and and then obviously you can't just fly into a country at your desire right now because there's <laughs> lockdowns and restrictions yeah. and yeah. Oh, you're going to spend you know what kiss did that thing in in dubai and there was a a a, a two-week quarantine that you know you have to go through for so one it's show. like yeah. for yeah. one show you know is it worth right. it right. can you do it yeah right no it's very hard and you know my agents and managers are working very hard to 
to re be reserving rooms. I mean, they, the, the game is that they have to actually reserve the rooms for different time periods because everybody's going to, when the world opens up, it's going to be a mad gonna rush. Get out, it's going to be mad. So, that, yeah, so what we're weird. doing is we're reserving, we're booking the tours now and hey, if we need to cancel it because the, you know, the rules at the time prevent us from going, we will have to right. do that. Right. But at least we'll so, have the space in case it opens up. So yeah. anybody who wants more information about all of your projects and, and ventures, just check out jordanrudis.com. Absolutely. Great yeah. website. Awesome. Jordan, Thanks. it was a real pleasure. Always loved. It's an honor, brother. I mean, you, your, your passion for technology and all of this is great. It's always, it's always a great conversation. Thanks so much. Great to see you, Michael. Nice to see you, Jay. It's really a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for All having right. me on the show. Appreciate you it. Bet. Take care, All Jordan. Right. Okay. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Jordan is such a great person to have a conversation with. He sure I, is. Honestly, if, if you ever run into him anywhere, you can sit down and just chat computers and iPads and technology. Oh, yeah. Social media. I mean, this guy lives it and loves it. I love that about him. He's, uh, you look at his website, Patreon, Elego, Cameo. He's embracing the new technologies. He's talking about Twitch. He's not afraid of it. And we talk about this all the time. You know, you can't be afraid of these platforms and technology. You don't have to know them all. But yeah. I love the fact that he is so passionate about it. He's made it part of his new abnormal. Love he's, it. He's always looking for ways to interact with his fans Love his it. fans in the dream theater fans yeah you know it whatever that service is that will let him share photos you know create videos mm -hmm. um we didn't even get into the apps that he's created for for creating music um he's definitely somebody you should follow on whatever your preferred channel is yeah um, because you will get some interesting insight and ideas from Jordan. Yeah. Super sharp guy. Great guest. Yep. So uh, before we wrap, just a quick shout out to Hypebot and Bands in Town. Thank you for your continued support. And of course, to our sponsors, Bandzoogle and Disc Makers. Um, and uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes. And we've been talking about Twitch. We're yep. now gonna we're now gonna make these videos available on Twitch every week as Nicely well. Nicely done, Mike. Nicely so done. you can you can watch a live a live stream of the pre-recorded video on <laughs> Twitch. Yeah. Um, that's it, everybody. We'll see everyone next week.